Patrick Pitts from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Matt Shaw and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. We hear from Nat Fife, the captain of the Fremantle Dockers, just at the end, and oddly enough, well, not really, to be honest, we talk about one of his teammates... Stephen Hill lands at number 37 in the 50 most relevant. I've got to be honest. Before the prices got revealed across all of the formats, he was not on the radar for me. But given what he is priced at, we must simply talk about Stephen Hill. To help me chat about him, uh, first guest in the studio for the year. It's not your first podcast, though. Tim, hello, mate. G'day. How's it going? It's good to have you. It's nice to not feel lonely in a studio. Oh, there we go. So, no, no, it's nice to have you here. Look, Stephen Hill is a really impressive unit to talk about, more so because of what he's priced at than anything else. He is 29 years old, but he does have an extra helpful dual position for us. Defender forward. If you played last year, someone like a Connor Rosie or a Darcy Moore, yeah, very, very similar flexibility is what you're going to get. His best score last year, it was not a pretty fantasy football season. If you're a Stephen Hill or a Stephen Hill owner, it was a, against the Hawthorne Football Club in both games. He cracked just over the 50 marker. In terms of what his average is for the year, well, he didn't even crack 40. And so for that, in both Supercoach and Dream Team, he's not really been given much of a discount. He's pretty much priced at his 2019 average, which really is the discount. So he's priced at around about 190000 in Supercoach, two hundred and forty-five in AF in AFL Dream Team, while Fantasy, they seem to do their pricing rather than just the immediate season. Um, it's based off the two seasons that are the most recent, and then any injury discount is awarded to the higher of the two years. So back in 2018, he averaged 73 in AFL Fantasy, so that's where he's going to get himself priced at just over $420,000. Tim, when we do talk about Stephen Hill, it's been a pretty difficult year for him, and not just last year, but the past couple of years. Back-to-back calf and quad injuries, uh, minor hamstring injury, and sadly for him and Frio, He's only really played three games and then 13 games over the past two years. And we've just missed seeing his elite talents for Fremantle. We have, yeah. I mean, if you think about recent years, especially fantasy football players would just go, oh, bang, injuries. He's just always injured. But, you know, he didn't used to be. He used to play almost every game a few years ago until I think the last three pretty much. Yep. I think the last two years he's had about six or seven different quad injuries or recurrences and... It's all soft tissue, basically, in the legs, as you say. No, it's, it's been really disappointing. And the, I suppose the one positive, like we've talked about, a number of guys coming back from injury already in the 50 most relevant, like a Tom Duday, like a Callan Ward, is that injuries mean discounts to their starting price. It's certainly something to factor in. And that's exactly what we've got with Stephen. And we can forget, can't we, Tim, about just how good a player he is. Like, you remember back to the 2013 Grand Final or the years of 14, 15, and 16, Stephen Hill's got this really elite combination of speed, class makes elite decisions by hand and foot, finds a way of getting into space, loves to run and carry the ball. We can forget sometimes if we don't see a player just how good they are. Yeah, that's right. I mean, people used to think he was the better player than his brother yeah. for quite a while until really Brad hit his straps at Freo around the time Stephen got injured. Yeah. So he has been an elite kick of the ball for a while uh, when he's been up and going and 
He's certainly one of those players you just love to watch. Uh, he has probably been a bit more super coach, I guess. Yeah, probably. Fancy, or at least it sort of feels that way. Like yeah. you say, he feels like a classy player rather than an accumulator, but he certainly has had good years getting points. Yeah, no question about that. You talk about those good years. Um, straight after the grand final loss of 2013, he turned out three f- pretty phenomenal seasons. Now, again, at the price point, we're not considering him in those years. But again, for us to look at it, knowing we're spending under 250k in Dream Team and Supercoach, he averaged years of 84, 90, and 91 in Dream Team and Fantasy, and 96, 95, and 89 in Supercoach. He certainly doesn't need to score that for us, Tim, to be relevant in, in 2020. But to be able to get a guy at this price point that just a handful of seasons ago has shown when he can get over these soft tissue injuries... Gosh, he really can score. He definitely can. And uh, on top of all those things, so basically you've got the knowledge that he can score that. Yeah. So then you just need to look at all the other factors. Like, can he score it? Will he score it? What do you need to be aware of? So you've got like injuries would be one. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're assuming he's playing round one. Yep. Otherwise, you're obviously not going to start with him. Sure. But if you assume he's fit and playing round one, then... You know, they've lost a couple of players in the offseason. Yeah, they have. So they've lost his brother. They've lost Langdon, who are both the other two wingers. Yep. Um, despite what Nat Fife says about Brett Bewley <laughs> being in ripping form, you know, you'd reckon Stephen Hill would probably be ahead of him if he's fit. You'd think so. It, it's, it is interesting. When we look at Freeman, we've already talked about a number of their players so far in the 50 most relevant. Connor Blakely a, f- a few days ago. Blake Akers kicked off the 50 most relevant. I struggle to see a world where if... Stephen Hill is fit where he's not inside that best 22 because they need that experience. They need that class. They need that poise. And it can't just be left to Walters and Fife to carry these group of youngsters along. No, that's right. And um, one thing we'd love to know with that is what Longmuir plans to do with him, I guess. (laughs) And it's been hard to get much on that. The best I've been able to find is uh, a quote from, I think, Hamling a couple of months ago where he basically said, we're going to play fast football, face up to the ground, get the ball moving, give it to our good ball users. And as you said before, Hill's Stephen one Hill them, is yeah. one of them. Um, so that's a really awkward quote though. So does that mean they're going to try and play fast like Richmond fast? Richmond's not a noted fantasy no, scorer. They're, they're just a winning football team. Yes. Um, or since Longmuir has come out of Collingwood and they seem to get a lot of fantasy points, is he going to go down that route? Oh, well, well, let's hope it's more the, the latter than the former from that perspective. I, I guess, you know, let's remove the AFL fantasy equation from it at the moment. He's, he's very awkwardly priced there, just over $400,000. So he's, he's going to have to score back around those 80s range for us to really feel that there's some value in the selection. But in Dream Team and Supercoach, he's priced under 250 k um, and he offers us something that generally someone under 250000 doesn't. I think the first is he's offering us job security. If he's fit, he's playing in that side. Whether he's playing off the wing where there is the opportunity or whether it's off the halfback, I'm not as sold that there's the need for him to play there with the guys like Ryan, potentially Blakely, Wilson, and now Hayden Young. I'm not so sure he's needed back there, but he offers us job security, which is something we generally don't get with a guy at 250 k and under that price. And then the second thing he offers us is he's not just offering us potential scoring. He's a proven performer. Often when we're talking about guys under this price point, they've barely played a couple of games, if any at all. Yet here's a guy we know he's capable of averaging 80s and 90s, getting some decent sized tons when he's fit. So he does add something to us that our cash cows generally don't. 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, you get a lot of rookies and however highly rated, you really don't know how they're going to go till they play. Yeah. And some of them might come out an average 60 plus. Some of them are very much prone to having like a 15 or a 25 thrown in there. Um, barring injury, Hill's not going to do that. No. Um, it'd really be if he's fit and fully ready to go, he should score solid. Yeah, absolutely. At worst. Well, talk to me about too, before we do look at probably the big elephant in the room about him, which is his durability of late. What's the value of that DPP that he has for us as a forward defender? Is that has that a, a swaying decider for you to pick him? Look, it's definitely helpful. I mean, you, especially earlier in the season or even like if you're looking for trades at round three, which mm. a lot of people usually pull their two trades at round three. Yep. Um, if you've got a rookie in either backs or forwards and you need to swap them for someone in the other position, he'll could very easily help you with that at round three straight yeah. away um, or just generally any other trades. So I think we've had what Darcy Moore was sort of one of them last Rosie. year with Rosie yeah. and that sort of thing. It just gives you a lot of flexibility. It's in trading as much as... Um, from week to week getting a body on the field, really. Yeah, no, certainly true. I, I think the big risk with someone like Hill, it isn't job security. It isn't really scoring potential, although if you want to build that case, I'll, I'll listen to you at least. But rather it's about whether his body's going to allow him enough games played to be the cash generator that we need him to be. Um, Frio do have a pretty good buy round, round 13, so you can quickly move him on to the guys from round 12. Again, forward or back to go and pick him up. So maybe you can go and get yourself a Jack Stephen or a Devin Smith if you don't want to start them due to their injury history. Well, then you could go there. Or maybe you could head to the back line and guys like Witherden might have proven his worth or a, 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 gosh, you could go a Tom Stewart or a Shannon Hearn. There's options. Dan Houston is another one through there. So that's, I think, is the big concern is can you trust his body to get it done for at least six to eight weeks? Yeah, that's right. I was I was thinking, given his last couple of years, I don't know if you can rely on him to play through to round 13. <laughs> so you'd need a backup plan, like how many rounds do I need him to play? And look, the, the real killer would be is if you start him and he has a game in about round three or four where he does get injured, because mm. then he'll make no money. Yeah. Um, and you'll have to trade him. But if he plays full games for, what, six weeks? Yeah. He should make at least a solid amount for you. Yeah, that's right. Look, at, at his price range, he doesn't have to return back to those 80s and 90s. E- even a return of what he delivered for us in 2018, whereas the early 70s is more than enough, um, given what we're going to be offloading for. It, it is an interesting thing because we has only played 16 of a possible 44 games over the past two years. We we look at someone like a, a Stephen Hill. That, now, they're very, very different players. There's too many, you know, to compare there and contrast is dangerous, but... We talk, look at Stephen Hill go, oh, he's played 16 games over two years. He's injury prone. He's off the list. Well, at his price, the risk is mitigated a little bit because of what you're paying for him is so less when you contrast him to, I don't know, like a Sam Doherty who hasn't played any footy for two years. And he's going to, at his price point, he has to average as a premium to make it worthwhile. And yet, amongst the fantasy community, we don't have a problem with picking him. It, is that the right way to look at it? Or, or are there some holes in that argument, Sam? I guess it depends what you place value on. Yes, and everyone's going to be a bit different. So people might say, "Oh, Hill has done regular small soft tissue injuries. Mm. Doherty's just had a couple of big ones." Um, but you know, Doherty's certainly at much higher risk of redoing his injury as, sure. as Hill is for his. So, um, 
you know, it just depends what people value on that sort of thing. Certainly, Doherty is not without risk. Yes, no, that's true. No, we're certainly not sliding anyone having a go at Doherty. It's rather just sometimes as a mindset, we run one parallel thought alongside another and, and never the two shall meet um, through there. Look, for me right now at his price point, if he's fit, um, the risk feels so little to me. Um and I'm, he doesn't need to score like a premium. He just needs to go 60-odds um, to really make that price really worth picking. Um, so, look, in Supercoach and Dream Team, for me right now, if he's fit, I find it really difficult to build a case to not start him. AFL Fantasy, it's a bit different. You need to be confident and he's going to be cracking around that 80s market to generate the cash that you want, probably a little bit more, to be honest. But what are you thinking right now about, Tim, when it comes to Stephen Hill? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not touching him in Fantasy. <laughs> I mean, it's just... You, there's just no real benefit to you in picking him at that price. No. In fantasy, it'd take a while for him to make meaningful dollars and the risk is all on you at that time. Um, so that aside, Supercoach's price is sensational Yep. and it has been his slightly better yep. thing throughout history. Not by a lot, but, no, but little bits. So um, definitely looking to start him in Supercoach, but you've got to keep tabs on him. Yeah. See if you can find out his likely role. Make sure he's fit. He's not sort of missing a chunk of the preseason yeah. like a buddy Franklin might or mm. um, that sort of thing. Con- continuity is good. And Dream Team, look, Dream Team might be the one where people sort of get rid of him closer to round one even if he starts thinking, look, I can save these dollars on this rookie. Sure. I might save 50 grand here or 100 grand here. Yeah, it probably we'll, depends. We'll comes along or something. Yeah, yeah, it depends who sort of comes along round one, who's playing if you need a back rookie, he's an easy slot. Just just costs a little bit more yeah. than some. Well, it's kind of like we spoke about it a couple of days ago on the episode with Matt Rowell and Rids talking about how these more higher-priced guys, well, to be able to generate the same amount of cash as our basement cows, well, they've just got to score a little bit higher. Yes, there might be the more job security, things like that. If you want to go check out the article and the podcast, it kind of breaks that all down. You can go and check that out. Yeah. Uh, mate, appreciate your thoughts today as we talked about Stephen Hill. Uh, let's get into the draft, though. Are you drafting him at all? Or, or is is he, like, anywhere on the radar? Does his DPP help you? Or or is he nowhere to be seen? It probably depends how deep your draft is. <laughs> like, if you're in an eight-team draft, I wouldn't pick him up. Sure. If you've got a 16-team draft, um, yeah. He'd yeah. certainly be flexible bench cover. Yeah. I think that's all he offers, isn't it? Is the flexibility. Yes, he could score really well, and we've spent a lot of time this episode talking about the potential, um, but look, he's a very, 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 very late selection. Um, For most drafts, he's probably going to get missed entirely, but I I agree. I think that DPP might just be enough to add some versatility to your bench squad. Yeah, and he's definitely someone to keep in the back of your mind, even if he goes undrafted. Just remember, this this is a back forward sitting on the waivers, so if he... Has a big game. Remember thinking, all right, maybe I need to get on him before someone else does. Yeah, and if he has six good games, sell, sell, sell <laughs> as quickly as you possibly can. Uh, all right, mate, appreciate your thoughts today on Stephen Hill. Yep, cheers. Uh, if you want to go and check out the article, that is online for you now at coachespanel.tv. You can also check out the podcast uh, for whether it be this episode, you want to go back and listen to it again, you can, or any of the other episodes so far via Spotify and iTunes. If you're loving the podcast, Please leave a a rating and review. Make sure it's a nice and kind one as well. And if you want to join our Patreon army, get early access to these podcasts and additional exclusive content, then you can play your part, support the Coaches Panel. All the details and links for that are at coachespanel.tv. We venture deeper into the 30s tomorrow of the 50 Most Relevant.